Porida, fast capis abendithiolichigid. Good morning and a very happy and blessed Easter to you all. After a great and varied Holy Week, today is Easter Day, and it's a real privilege to share the resurrection of Jesus with every single one of you, wherever you are today. So as we begin our worship here in the parish of Kasluchur and Gosainan, let me pray the special prayer of the Church, the Collect. Lord of life and power, who through the mighty resurrection of your Son overcame the old order of sin and death to make all things new in him, grant that we, who are dead to sin and alive to you in Jesus Christ, may reign with him in glory, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be praise and honour, glory and might, now and to eternity. Amen. So let's worship together.
A reading from John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came, running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and she said, They've taken the Lord from the tomb, and I don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along from behind and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there and the other cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. They still had not understood from the scripture that Jesus would raise from the dead. When the disciples had seen, they went back to where they were staying. Now Mary Magdalene stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent to look over into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at his head and the other at his feet. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she says, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go to him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him, and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Don't hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the good news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them about the things that she had heard and seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. The disciples of Jesus had been waiting for a new and better leader, someone who would overturn Roman rule and bring them freedom and life, life in all its fullness. They had believed that Jesus was the promised one, but suddenly he'd had to walk the way of Calvary and he died a sudden death on a cruel Roman cross. Their expectations, their hopes and their dreams were all dashed. And each one of them, as you might expect, as they grieve the loss of a friend and a master, 
responded in different ways. In the Gospel today, we meet with Mary Magdalene. We're told that she goes to the tomb early on the first day of the week. And the reason why she goes has been a matter of debate for Christian scholars down through the ages. Some have said that Mary went to the tomb early on that first day of the week because she was keen to embalm the dead body of Jesus, her Lord and her Saviour. But for me, that makes very little sense, because in the Jewish tradition, bodies were embalmed very quickly after death. It's important to remember, of course, that the body of Jesus had been in the tomb for three days by the time this episode in the Gospel was written. And so, why does she go? Well, for me, the answer is obvious. She goes because she's stricken by grief. Jesus had believed in her. He'd given her a new hope and a future. Mary Magdalene was an outsider. Contemporary society would have looked down upon her. She may even have been a prostitute, a woman with a past, with skeletons in her cupboard. But for Jesus, that didn't matter. He saw her, he knew her, and he loved her. He gave her a new hope and a future. Jesus had transformed Mary's life, and now he was gone. Suddenly, he'd died, and that hope and that future, well, it had gone. And so Mary goes, early on that first day of the week, because she's stricken by grief. So much so that she doesn't recognise Jesus when he stands before her. Believing him to be the gardener, she says, "'What have you done with my Lord?' Tell me so that I may go and be with him. And suddenly, as Jesus calls her name, Mary, her eyes are opened. She realises that the Lord stands before her. And the Gospel writer tells us that she grabs hold of Jesus tightly and he has to plead with her. Let me go. Don't stay with me. Go and give the good news to the disciples that I live, that I've conquered death. And that in itself is incredible. We need to pause and ponder this for a moment. The first herald of the good news that Jesus had risen from the dead was a woman. It was a woman in an era when the only testimony that was considered credible in a court was the testimony of a man. If a woman was to give testimony, it would have to be given in the company of male witnesses. Not so with the resurrection. The first herald was a woman. And not just any woman. A woman with a past. She was an outsider. A woman with skeletons in the cupboard. But she was the one who brought good news. Who told the disciples that Jesus had conquered death. And he lived. Where were they? Well, we're told that they were in an upper room. They were stricken by fear. Imagine, they'd dared to stand with Jesus. They dared to do things differently, to challenge the religious elite of their day. And now suddenly their Lord and their Master, well, he'd been crucified. 
Would they be next to the cross? Would they face a bitter crucifixion as Jesus did? They were afraid. And the Gospel writer tells us that they lock themselves away in an upper room. But just as Jesus met with Mary in her grief, he meets too with the disciples and he gives them exactly what they need. Peace. Peace be with you. Shalom. Not as the world gives, but something deeper and stronger. Peace be with you. One of the disciples was not there when Jesus met with them in that upper room. His name was Thomas. And they go to Thomas and they say, we've seen the Lord. He's risen. He's conquered death and he lives. And Thomas doubts. He's called Doubting Thomas in, in the Christian tradition. And I think that that's a bit unkind. Because when we think about it, we don't talk about weeping Mary or the terrified twelve. So why should we talk about Doubting Thomas? For me, it's obvious. This isn't the result of cold-hearted disbelief. Thomas doubts because he's grieving the loss of a friend. And just like Jesus appears to Mary and then to the Twelve, he appears to Thomas. Thomas, don't doubt. Believe. You can trust in me. I live. And the Bible tells us that Jesus shows Thomas the wounds in his hand and in his side. And as he sees those wounds, the scars of crucifixion, Thomas is overwhelmed. My Lord and my God, it's you, you live. And for me, that's the crescendo of John's Gospel. Thomas recognises Jesus and he praises God because Jesus lives. So you've got grief, you've got fear and doubt. All of these natural responses amid people who've lost someone that they love. But each time, in the grief, in the fear and in the doubt, Jesus appears to Mary, to the Twelve and then to Thomas. And he transforms grief, fear and doubt into incredible joy. And that's the good news of Easter, that Jesus is the risen Lord, the joy bringer. Wherever you are today, whether you're stricken by grief, fear or doubt, Jesus brings joy. And two final points to ponder before I end today. First of all, the church, God's family, it's a community for everyone. Not for the few, but for the many. The first herald of the resurrection was an outsider, a second-class citizen, a woman with a past, with skeletons in her cupboard. And yet God was able to use her. And so there's a place for everyone. And that place isn't dependent on who we are or what we are, what we've done or haven't done. In fact, it's nothing to do with us. 
And it's everything to do with Jesus. His love, it's a free gift. It can never be earned or deserved, but it's given freely. And all we need to do is accept it. Mary, the great outsider, she knew that. And she accepted that gift. She found her place in a new and better kingdom with a new and better king. And finally, the church, God's family, is to be a community of joy. Perhaps not a community of happiness, because there may be things going on in your life that make it difficult for you to be happy. And it's okay not to be okay in the community of God's family, the church. But even when things are not going well for us, we're still people of joy. Because happiness and joy are two very different things. Happiness depends on happenings, the things that are going on in the world around us, in our life. And if things are not going well, it's difficult to be happy. But joy is much deeper. Joy is God's gift. And it occurs irrespective of what's going on in our lives. And so today, whether we're on the mountaintop or down in the valley, I hope that we will recognise and know that Jesus lives. I hope that that new and incredible hope will bring us joy no matter what's going on in our lives. And I hope that we will be transformed by that joy, that our words and our ways would be the words and ways of Jesus, that through us, as we live out our lives as people of joy, people might catch a glimpse of him and their lives might be transformed just like ours. Can I wish you all a very happy and wonderful Easter. Amen.
with you and let us pray. We give thanks today for the good news that Jesus lives, that death has been defeated and no longer has dominion over us. And we rejoice that because that is true, we have hope and a future. We pray today for the church, for God's people. May we be people of joy. May we bring good news and seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus in all that we say and all that we do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the church in Wales, for our diocese and for John, our bishop, and for the clergy and people of this ministry area. Lord, give us eyes to see what you're doing and the courage to join in with it for your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our world and all its leaders, for those who bear the burden of leadership. Particularly, Lord, today we pray for the people of Ukraine and for the leaders in Russia, for a change of heart and mind that would transform the situation there. May they do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our community and its people, for people everywhere in any kind of need. Lord, would you be their strength, their inspiration, and their guide. Would you bring them comfort and peace, we pray, in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally for us, Father, forgive what we've been, accept what we are, and help to shape what we will be, so that our lives, well lived out, may help others to catch a glimpse of Jesus and to tumble into his kingdom. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Easter Sunday. It's been so good to have your company. Can I encourage you, if there's anything we can do for you throughout the week to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. And we're always here to support you in any way possible. So as a new week begins, can I wish you a happy and blessed Easter and now pray for God's blessing on you. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.